Hi there! Have you ever wondered how journalists craft their stories? Or how yoga teachers prepare their classes? Or you always wanted to learn about the secret tricks of product developers or chief people officers? So did we! And voila! Offbeat on Air was born! We're Lavinia and Millie, your hosts for the podcast meant to shake the L&D world one offbeat story at a time. Every episode we will take you on a wild exploration of the coolest professions around. So buckle up and enjoy the ride! Welcome to another episode of Bit on Air. It's a very special one. Um, first of all, Lavinia, happy to see you. Hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> uh, it's wonderful to 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 be in this seat today and actually introduce a, a guest. I don't think I had the, um, so many opportunities before, so it's uh, it's it's quite I a special so. one. Right? Yeah, it is. It is for sure. <laughs> Um, so people who know me a little bit better know that I have been practicing yoga for quite some time now. I had, I think, like uh, some breaks and 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 better strikes with yoga, but it has always been there and part of my journey now for a couple of years now. Especially Corona, I think that's where um, yoga and I became BFFs. And um, during this journey, I have been, yeah, mm, getting to know different teachers different approaches to yoga and kind of always the feeling was good somehow I never left a, a, a yoga class feeling um, with less energy or feeling less better than before I entered so for me that was really amazing to approach how it, if each teacher connects and shapes the the, the class um, in front of us and now for past I think couple of months since I moved actually to Potsdam I'm visiting a yoga studio where I had a chance to meet a beautiful teacher um, with whom classes were somehow different. It was somehow poetic and um, very restorative. I don't know, really, really beautiful and special. So I up my courage to actually invite my teacher to today's episode. So we have Edita with us. Welcome, Edita. Hello, everyone. It's so I am nice to have teacher. you. <laughs> the teacher is in the house. The teacher is in the house, yes. Oh, we are so happy to have you. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much. All right. So we will explore the world of yoga. And I know that you actually have something prepared for us before we go all philosophical and questions and all of that. Exactly. So I have a little breathing exercise for us. So I invite you to find a comfortable seated position wherever you are. You can sit on a chair or on the sofa and then you can close your eyes. And if closing eyes is um, uncomfortable for you, you can focus on one point. And then start to connect with your breath and breathe through your nose into your belly and through your nose out. And while you're doing it, relax your jaw and relax your forehead. Breathe one time through the nose in and out your mouth. One time again through your nose in and out the mouth. Breathe in through your nose for one, 
two, three, four. Exhale through your nose for four, three, two, one. Inhale for one, two, three, four. Exhale four, three, two, one. Inhale one, two, three, four. Exhale four, three, two, one. Inhale through your nose and out of your mouth and come back to your natural breath. And take a moment here to connect with your inner body. And to feel the echo of the breath work. And then you can open your eyes and welcome back everyone. And now we have to record this episode. <laughs> you have to go back, you know, to work. Yes. And actually it's so powerful. Yeah, it's so it powerful is. to start whatever it is. I think it's so powerful to start a yoga class like that or anything you're teaching, or I would say if you go to the theater, imagine the whole audience would mm -hmm. do the breath work together because you're doing something together and mm -hmm. you should all start from the same point. So I think it's very yeah. powerful to do that. I think it's a combination of like bringing people together, like in the same frequency, as well as, you know, um, I think a coach of mine was doing this exercise at the beginning of each session to bring people in the present moment because we, we're always so busy and we're thinking about everything. And when we do this, it brings us back to here and now. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the sometimes power. I must even say that sometimes I would do, for example, yoga in the evening and it would be the first time that actually I had the deep breath. Like it would be the first day, time in the day that I actually, you know, got the breathing from like full lungs because the whole day was like, and then I was like, wow, really? Like I did not really breathe today properly, um, which is, yeah, sad, but it. I'm sure I'm not the only one uh, with that feeling. It's well, thank you for this. Yeah, this was really good. Yeah, it's so true. And um, just one thing, when we, uh, when a baby is born, we see the belly, they're, they're breathing inside of their belly. They're having this rich breathing already. So we can learn so much from them. And when we get, when, when we adults who knows it all, yeah, we, <laughs> we breathe so choppy, like this, this de depressed, stressed breath inside of our chest. And it's so important to use everything you have. I started breathing well with 25 when I started yoga like 25 years of not breathing <laughs> shallow <laughs> yeah shallow breathing yeah yeah exactly. yeah yeah no one thinks about a belly but that's really exactly what we want to hear about your your journey actually um coming to yoga let's start there as Lavinia likes to say let's start at the beginning let's go back to the beginning and maybe you can tell us a little bit your um encounter with yoga what actually yoga stands now in your life um and from there on we will we will probably have more questions coming up all right sure so I had my first yoga class in Berlin in 2015 and 
I wasn't feeling well that time. I was slightly depressed. And um, yeah, I asked myself like, why am I here? And what is this life all about? And why am I not happy? And so after the class, I found the effect so fantastic. It was like, wow, I felt whole again. And afterwards, and at the same time, I noticed how difficult it was for me to close my eyes and to be alone with myself in meditation. And that was like a wake up call for me, like, hey, girl, you have to work on yourself and become your very best friend, because otherwise this life will become hell on earth. And so I continued practicing yoga, but I was still drinking alcohol, partying, taking drugs, and it was like two worlds I lived in. And somehow I needed both. So I studied business administration. I still don't know why. <laughs> I worked for various companies and um, I was always very unhappy in corporate structures. So I thought, come on, let's do it. I'm doing a yoga teacher training in Thailand. And I did it in 2017. And it was a really great experience. And I had a great teacher. After the training, I came back home and I continued with my whole life. So I never started to teach. I had no confidence in myself. And so I continued working with startups and parties and yoga was just a hobby. So then in the year before COVID, I went to a Buddhist monastery in Northern Thailand and I spent 21 days here and completed a Vipassana. And Vipassana is a silent retreat. And it means to become more clear. And the day begins at 4 a.m. and ends at 10 p.m. And all you do is meditate. You observe your thoughts. You observe your own thoughts and your own issues 18 hours a day. What? But it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I have finally stopped identifying with what is going on in my head. So I stopped identifying with my thoughts. I realized that thoughts come and go. And we humans give this illusion so much power. And we spend our life in a very small room in our head. People have so much strength when they dare to face their abysses. It's so uncomfortable, but in my opinion, it's the only way you can grow beyond your own issues if you look at the shit. You have to look at your own shit. And after that retreat, this silent meditating retreat, I felt so free and disciplined enough to do everything I wanted in my life, like no limitations. I started teaching yoga almost by accident. So in my old job, I worked in finance in the real estate industry. I met Andrea and Dirk in Hamburg and they own three power yoga studios in Hamburg. And they viewed one of our apartments and I gave them the apartment and they gave me the opportunity to teach in their studio. So <laughs> that was 
<laughs> that was the starting signal. And today I teach here in Berlin every day and I love it. And I love what I do. And that's the most important thing because you don't have to work a day anymore in your life. <laughs> so that's my story about yeah getting into getting into yoga and um i must say i've heard also these uh, similar experiences you know how deep actually this encounter with yoga changes something once it becomes a practice and people find their i don't know i want to say peace in a way peace or or freedom you use freedom so it's really a testament because it definitely changes the wiring within you to, and it gives you in a way a chance to start or build yourself up again in a way, like a new version of yourself, a powered version of yourself, which is beautiful to, to hear from you. Um, and, and also Lavinia, you're also nodding. So I feel yeah, you yeah, yeah. know people for whom yoga was really a changing point in, in, in life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it was first time I I realized that everything it comes from from the inside out and not from the outside in. And that was like, wow. Powerful. <laughs> like, what am I looking out there? I'm I'm trying to <laughs> to fix everything on the outside to make it look bright, to make it look nice, but it's not fulfilling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's also uh, just the way that we live these days like we are bombarded with so many stimuli that are external and if we don't intentionally take the time to look within I think we do tend to live in this maybe a bit superficial world and to you know see or try to um live up to the expectations of others rather than to see okay what are our expectations for for us and yeah just be be more fulfilled but I do have a curiosity because you did mention like these very intense experiences like going to um, a yoga teacher school or going to the silent retreat which is insane by the way I'm I would be so curious to live in my life that but a, the curiosity is how do you make sure that you keep practicing once you are out of that maybe mm -hmm. controlled environment and mm -hmm. into your normal day-to-day -day life? Mm -hmm. So especially after the meditation retreat, because this is also what I will tell you about what yoga is about. So when in today's life when we hear about yoga we always think about the physical practice but yoga is much more about meditation and this is what it was first and afterwards the physical practice came so this is also what i experienced in my own um, experience with the monastery that through the meditation through the clear mind things are easy the physical practice is easy so whatever you do whatever you want to do if you have a clear mind and a mind and you bring mindfulness to your life you can do things every day it's 
because the mind is striking it says no don't do it it's hard or or whatever it's always our mind that is standing in the way and it's nothing else support for offbeat on air season three comes from sana sana is the end-to-end learning platform for modern people teams the former head of people growth at French health scale-up Allen has said that Sana redefines what people expect from a learning platform. Their tech and UX has leapfrogged the industry. Go check them out at sanalabs.com. It's funny because I was thinking me and Millie were just talking and uh, not we were just talking and I was saying that I would like more structure in my life and I remember merely that you were saying last week something similar that you need more structure and I think they both huh. both of these needs come from a need for more clarity and just having some peace of mind somehow okay I I, I feel like I not control but I I'm just aware of the things that I have to do and I'm doing them and I'm there when I'm doing them I'm not thinking of something else and so Mm -hmm. on so um yeah I think that clarity we are all missing a bit of it these days of course (laughs) if you look at our world it seems like we're emotional invalids living in and and mentally ill (laughs) everyone if you look at our world what's happening it's like wow what's happening so it has to happen something inside of us to change the outside because we cannot fix anything on the outside if we don't fix ourselves first yeah because we are the world whatever happens like when we say we are doing harms to our um to our nature pollution whatever we do and how do we treat ourselves? Yeah, we take drugs, we drink, we uh, we eat shit, and this is the same thing we are doing on the outside. Like yeah. the war that is happening on the outside, we are treating us so bad. The war always begins in people's minds. Yeah, it's a reflection of the state of, of of us in a way. Yeah, yeah. And this is then the unity. Yoga means unity. So we cannot say, oh, it's only in Gaza. It's only in Ukraine. We are one planet. It's This problem is in all of us. And talking about that unity, because I, I think one of the things that really attracted me to yoga is knowing that what it means and stands for this kind of holistic approach and what you just mentioned, it's not only meditation, it's not only physical movement, it's kind of also what you eat, who are you to the world, this inner world, there's so many different leaves under the tree of yoga. Um, And I wonder, you know, how do you feel this holistic approach, um, you know, reflected in your practice? Or how how do you then shape this maybe your work um, when you go to teach yoga class how do you bring this holistic uh, approach within your within your teaching let's say mm-hmm. to open up a little bit also people to beyond just you know stand standing upside down and and pushing hard for 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 it mm, so i think uh we are all like role models but not only teachers like every one of us and if you 
if people see that you are treating yourself good, it's you don't even have to talk about it. You don't have to say, hey, be healthy, don't eat this or do that, you know, and I don't think it's the right approach. People feel mindfulness. They feel, oh, something is, oh, that's good. That's interesting. You know, they feel the energy. They feel the vibe of it. And I think this is inspiring. And then if they have a wish, they can ask. But I'm not going to say, oh, you should do that. You should do less of that or more of that. You have to decide what you want to do and if you have a wish things can happen and then you can ask people where you feel mm, there is a knowledge maybe I want to know more I can ask that person so that's also for me when I teach I, I rather open doors for the student and they have to go in their own through the door but I can open it but I cannot say go to the right and then left and then sit down and then look up so it's more inspiring to be themselves and the the person they want to be. Yeah. Can, can I ask, because you mentioned a word uh, when you were talking about the breathing retreat that I'm not familiar with. And I do know that in the yoga world, there are various, um, again, like Millie said, various elements to yoga. It, it's not just the physicality of it. Can mm -hmm. you tell us a bit like be a teacher to us right now and tell us a bit the different uh, parts of yoga and what they mean. And again, the, uh, yeah, sure. I, I keep hearing of vinyasa and all of oh, those okay. that I'm, I'm not familiar with in any way. <laughs> so I can generally tell you a little bit about the, the forms, the original forms of yoga. They are set to date back like many thousands of years and the earliest known writings of yoga they can be found in asian spiritual texts called the vedas and it is here that yoga is defined as to unit and in ancient times this was meant in the context of an individual uniting with the divine so and of course in modern times when we talk today about yoga so many people think about the physical poses, but traditionally speaking, yoga was and is about using meditation as a technique to rise above the ego mm -hmm. and connecting back to the universal. Mm -hmm. So also, like I said, from my experience, the clearer your mind, the easier the physical practice in yoga become. Mm -hmm. So there are many different styles of yoga. That's mm -hmm. what you asked, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so I, myself, I teach power yoga or a strong vinyasa flow. Mm -hmm. So this comes from the Ashtanga practice. Okay. And this is the one thing. And the first time, so the physical first, the first physical yoga introductions were in hatha yoga mm -hmm. in the hatha yoga pradipika by the indian sage swami svatmarama so this is the hatha yoga is different the flow is different which comes from the ashtanga yoga then you have the yin yoga which is um there you hold several poses for three to five minutes the most painful one. That was painful. <laughs> yeah. 
this is where I think mind needs to be very strong uh, <laughs> because you're holding that position for like eternity. <laughs> yeah. So when, yeah. And so you have the 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 flows that I do. You have the sun salutations. Maybe you know it. Mm -hmm. And they are based in the Ashtanga. And so Ashtanga, whatever is flow, whatever flows are like vinyasa or power yoga are based on Ashtanga. And in Ashtanga, you have a primary series and there you have always the same sequence, like this posture after this posture after this mm -hmm. posture. Mm -hmm. And it's so complex, the first, the primary series that people need 10 years oh, to wow. know it all. And it's oh, wow. always the same very tough so so people who um, practice ashtanga they have a most of the time a very competitive mindset mm -hmm. it's very strong and they have muscles they are very beautifully built mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so and that what i teach is more creative so we don't have to have these exactly poses but we can be more creative with the warm-up with the sun salutations mm -hmm. wow it, it, it's definitely more complex than <laughs> than you know yes. you think about yoga oh i'm doing yoga and i'm doing again the the cow pose and the cat yeah. pose. <laughs> you know it feels yeah it definitely feels more it does have a very rich history i have to say like if you look at how many years people have been practicing this i think what happened is that only in the like the last few years we've been hearing a lot about you know modern or west the west world doing yeah. yoga as a practice yeah. to again exactly. have more clarity and and so on yeah thank you for for explaining that thank you a little crash hope, course yeah. yeah i hope it was somehow clear because it's um yeah it's complicated and it's there are so many different styles of yoga so you cannot say oh i went to a yoga class it's like but where there's mm -hmm. also kundalini it's yeah. so different so many styles so if someone um, who's who's listening to us would like to try something i would recommend try a lot of things mm -hmm. until you find your own mm -hmm. style because not every style is for everyone that's it can i ask you now how do for example i think in one of the little retreats we actually had with our studio there was a little element of ayurveda so like nutrition part of it meditation breathing how is that is that kind of also part of of yoga like when you're teaching or those are kind of separate branches mm -hmm. of the lifestyle one can have i think this is where um i thought that those are all kind of parts um you know the movement the breathing in a way and you kind of incorporate all of these elements into your living. But I'm not so knowledgeable about it, to be honest. Um, so for me, they kind of all went under yoga. Yeah. They so do. They do. Yes, definitely. Okay. Also in the teacher training, you learn Ayurvedic things. And yeah, they do. So it that. looks all the elements. All and right. I think it's important that you find for yourself what works for you, what doesn't work for you. You know, yeah. it's not this one recipe that works <laughs> i love that because this is exactly also how we as uh, learning professionals you know um we will never find that perfect re recipe for how people should learn right we are as many approaches as there are people uh in front of us so my question would be 
well, how do you approach design of a session? So mm -hmm. you have very different people coming to your class. Um, how do you go about designing, tuning in with where people are, with their different maybe abilities in the moment? Uh, tell us a little bit how, how does the teaching design actually look like for yoga class? So I myself, I teach very intuitively because I practice myself every day and I know how it works. So I can, I have the, um, um, the, the courage to go into a room and be like, let's say not prepared, but of course I am prepared, but I'm watching my students Mm -hmm. through observing my students I can okay a bit less a bit more or we change this we change this so I'm more flexible in teaching so of course it, 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 there is a structure a main structure that a class has we start with meditation then a warm-up then the sun salutations then some tricky poses and then you calm down and at the end the shavasana like there is a, a basic structure but you can be creative inside mm -hmm. of these parts and so i think it's about trusting yourself also when you teach because nobody wants a like a perfect prepared thing we want people humans <laughs> and they're right who say oh who, what you know oh sometimes things go wrong and i'm like oh what was i now right or left and then i ask you guys is it the right foot or the left foot? <laughs> because I'm out of, it happens. What can you do? And I think the more you are, um, the more you allow yourself to fail when you're teaching, the better your teaching is and the more the people will get out of the, uh, get out of the teaching. Yeah. I think it's very similar to, to facilitation in our case, you know, because, you know, when you facilitate the workshop, you do have, you do need to have like a certain structure, but then you need to remember that it's not about yourself. It's about the people that are in the room and you need to make sure that, you know, you observe them, just like you said, you observe them and you um, iterate your, whatever you do based on the feedback somehow that you get from them. And in our case, it might be spoken words, questions they have, um, you know, even saying, hey, I would like to talk more about this. Let's not stop. In your case, it can be someone who has a very tough time, I don't know, <laughs> uh, doing a pose or, you know, whatever, spending a bit more time on something than, than you would have actually planned. So I I, I do. Yeah, I, I really like this idea of, hey, we need a structure, we need a skeleton, but then you need to have faith in yourself and in the people that are in there as well that together you're gonna get to the result that that you want definitely because i think that everything we practice on the mat is a preparation for the world outside because the, the students there it's exhausting and <laughs> think maybe we can't do it we fall or for example when we balance oh i'm falling and we learn to get back up when we fall mm -hmm. and we don't give up when things get difficult. So yoga is like a life lesson. Mm -hmm. So, and for life, there's no preparation, right? So <laughs> that's how you walk into that room. Mm -hmm. I think there is illusion of preparation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, and I think yes. yoga does that to you to let go 
of mm -hmm. a lot of these things. Um, and and I appreciate, for example, when I look from the design perspective of a class, that you always have a different levels that people can tune into, right? For those mm -hmm. who feel, go for it, do a whole stand. If you, you know, have problems with, I don't know, wrists, for you, this one, I feel that there is a lot of also offered for people to still participate. And it makes it very inclusive. Um, of course, people who can come to the yoga, but I, I feel that just as a inclusion piece, what I appreciate is that you always offer a couple of variants and people can choose from where they are, uh, which which makes it very, very, yeah, nice to be part of. And I feel I did it, even though maybe I'm not. Yeah, you were great. You were doing great. <laughs> I remember first time you came to my class, and now I mean it's different. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, and I think what you said, it's really showing up, mm -hmm. um, and 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 you know this. Maybe you can tell a bit that you have this, the way that you open. How do you, um, you there are also these kind of elements of mantras um in in the in the class or like um the gratitude let's say gratitude pieces of it how we end the class which i really also like at you uh, at your class how you end your your um lesson or like i'm calling it lesson but session i don't know how yeah. it's called um officially um can you tell us a little bit about these moments of also ending the class and and saying thank you to actually yourself yeah, I think it's, um, I love the ending of a class because uh, every yoga class, doesn't matter which style, usually ends with a Shavasana. It's called Shavasana. So you lay down on your back and it's like a, a meditation. You close your eyes, takes maximum to five minutes. And after that last pose, you stand up into a seated position, into a meditative seated position. And then I usually connect everyone to their hearts. And then I connect, I let the people connect the, so that we all connect with each other. So that our hearts in this room all connect. And it's so funny what happens sometimes. Sometimes it's so magical. You feel this goosebumps everywhere. It, it feels like something is happening and nobody knows what is this now. <laughs> It's really funny, um, which which is great because I offer the opportunity of connection that is missing in our society. It seems like everyone is on their own. And in this moment, after this one and a half hour class, you sweated, you struggled. <sighs> Whatever happened to you, you are so open for connection. And it happens because you feel the goosebumps or something is kribbeln, you know, kribbeln, the, the word in Germany, it's kribbeln, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you bring your hands to your heart. And then I say, um, so what do I say? I said it in, I say it in Germany. Ah, be thankful that you showed off. And then I said, bring your thumbs to your, to your forehead for clarity of mind, to your mouth, for loving and um, aufrichtige, how do you say it? 
I think it's for kind of loving and kind words. Exactly. That you tell to others. And towards yours, but especially towards yourself, because then others come anyhow. <laughs> so good words towards yourself and to your heart for an open heart that gives love and that also receives love because we have the ability of both. So you should do it. That's what I, well, that's what I say. And then we say namaste, which means um, my soul honors your soul. And so the student also says namaste and then the class is the end of the class. And then you look into faces like, <laughs> faces. it's magical. It's, it's really, really nice. It's really nice. I don't know what's a, it's really something. I mean, we're doing poses and we are breathing in a room, and afterwards we are feeling like, what? This is so great. I love everybody. I love the whole world. Like, what can I do for you? <laughs> I mean, yeah. The benefits of yoga are are definitely um, a, a big, 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 big. <laughs> no, I, I really can confirm. Yeah. You get out of the head and somehow you feel so childish. Oh, you want to cuddle and play? <laughs> yeah, it opens up what you said. Like it really opens up like to, to, to give and to receive. I sound like a joy from friends. <laughs> give and receive for those who watch it. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I, I can totally confirm that. And we really talk about like 60 minutes, 90 minutes practicing, coming for yourself, you know, doing a little bit of that. And, and and this breathing, which I also think like we don't just spend enough time still <laughs> at all during the day. So this is what this practice gives you. Um, yeah, wonderful. I can just confirm that's a magical <laughs> moment for me as well uh, whenever I'm there. Can, can I ask, because we, we talked, I think we all already talked a, a bit uh, unstructured about this, but have you noticed or can you name some of the benefits that yoga brought to you um, as a person? Like it doesn't have to be a teacher, like as a person, some of the benefits and uh, you can think of like all the areas of your of your life. Mm -hmm. Of course. So. I think I've accepted myself and I have no longer, I am no longer a victim of my own mind. And this freedom gave me yoga. And I no longer have these big ups and downs. And of course, life offers us like new challenges every day and it sucks. Yeah, it hasn't got any easier. But what's, what has become easier is how I deal with the things that happen. So things are always as they are. And I think that's the greatest wisdom of life. It is how it is. And only our thoughts are destroying every situation through judgments, through comparisons. This is good. This is bad. This is good enough. Not good enough. And through this huge gift of yoga and meditation in my life, I have become aware of myself. That's it. It's not that I'm not judging. I'm judging still. But I'm aware of my mind is judging. Ah, But I know it's not me. It's my mind is judging. Mm -hmm. And I can just observe. Mm -hmm. And I think um, that's 
So whatever happens to me on the outside does not shock me anymore that mm -hmm. much. And mm -hmm. so I gained that power in the practice. Nice. I also think I was I was just thinking to to link it back to to learning as well because we when we think of learning and what we need to be able to learn sometimes we're we're thinking of very maybe technical skills or technical things like oh I need uh, this article or I need this course or I need this type of manager but truth be told I think one of the most powerful things that we need is clarity of mind we need that space in our mind to be able to take in not only new things but also things that are actually challenging the way that we are currently thinking which is so so hard to do as a human being if you've had your thoughts for you know 30 years and somebody comes to you and tells you hey there there might be a different perspective if you don't have that openness it's gonna be way harder for you to take that in so um yeah I think I don't think that in L&D we have any power or any sort of control about this but I mm -hmm. think that what we can do in L&D is raise the awareness that this is important mm -hmm. when you need to learn something new again especially when it's something very very tough so yeah thank you that was very Absolutely. yeah I need to think about this more <laughs> yeah you should to do go to the monastery. If you want to do it? I can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We can, we can go together. But how we're we not going to talk? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the two of us should go at the same time. No, <laughs> no maybe we start a podcast in the silence monastery. That's not good. <laughs> okay. Just to just to conclude, um, mm -hmm. what would be like top let's say three, because this is very used, top three practices that you would recommend to others mm -hmm. for grounding, for getting more clarity, getting more self-awareness. So I would say number one, silence. Because silence is an incredible, powerful place. And it hardly exists in our society. So it is always loud. And when it is quiet, we quickly need a distraction. Like, give me a book, give me a movie, give me something to eat. I want this, I want. And we always want, want, want something now, now, now. So, so important to be silent because I have the I have the impression that we've lost the connection, this natural connection to ourselves to be just fine with nothing, to just be. Just be is like, oh, just be with me. Oh no, I want to escape. So this cannot work. <laughs> yeah. So we're we really need silence. And I think practicing silence like no cell phone, no distractions, just the silence. There's nothing more powerful. And you can do, for example, a silent walk in nature. 
and don't talk even if you go with a friend or you go alone no blah blah no phone no nothing and look at a tree and observe is your mind saying oh that's a tree <laughs> or can i just look at this tree like without naming it and just taking this miracle of the, that mother nature made that it gave to us can i connect to something that's also me myself you can practice it i would practice silent silent walks and observing thoughts is so powerful observing thoughts and letting your thoughts go very important don't stuck on your thoughts and that's the meditation part so silence is is the, the there is so much power in this place we don't believe it because everything is always loud in even inside of us but when we enter the space of silence it's like no lottery is richer than that so this is number one then i would say that you should do something you love and maybe something that scares you a little so for example if you always wanted to play the piano but your parents had no idea about music and they couldn't make it possible for you do it now it grounds you because you're doing something you want and then you're out of this victim and oh, my parents did it they couldn't do it you know <laughs> this blah blah shit so just do it now do something you love maybe it's something creative maybe it's something not creative whatever you like to do what scares you a little bit just do it because it grounds you because it's something you really want it's not just an idea in your mind and you become also more powerful like you're doing something you love it's it's great mm -hmm. number three start to breathe like breathe just breathe into your belly when you're at the bus station, when you're in the supermarket waiting in line, like these boring moments. They are not boring. It's always life and life is a miracle. So breathe, just, ah, oh, great. Yeah, and you can do breathing exercises. So as we did in the beginning, you breathe in for four, you breathe in, you breathe out for four. Box breathing, it's called. It's a super easy exercise and it calms your mind. If you have problems with sleeping, do it before you sleep. You can do it also in the morning just to concentrate. It's great. It's very easy. So these are my my three recommendations for yeah, grounding and loving yourself. It's the hardest part in life. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. We, we definitely all need more of that. And it is the hardest, right? This... Uh... Never, not like you encounter it later in your life I don't know maybe now younger generations will encounter yoga earlier I already see you know kids yoga teens yoga which really yeah. makes my my um my, I'm really happy about it because I feel we have not been at least our part of the world has not been brought up with this sense of of myself not seen as yeah you're just thinking about yourself you go ergo you're egoistic but really taking care of yourself, I think we we don't know what that is, a lot of us. Uh, so having little guidance, what yoga offers, um, I mean, I'm a big advocate, so I'm definitely biased, but I feel these small practices within the day that you can bring, you don't have to be on the mat all the time, but I feel 
yoga does offer you a little bit of um, yeah awareness and letting go to be with in peace with with, with yourself um, and then hopefully with others and I must say I notice immediately if I had yoga within the week or not to how I behave to my family like it's an immediate effect of this kind of charge energy you know not not being okay that kind of then gets you know <laughs> reflected on others um yeah so it's definitely these little moments of practice that make all the difference family is a very funny thing because um i think it was Eckhart Tolle a very very beautiful he's the the most beautiful spiritual teacher of our times i love him so if you can read something read it and mm -hmm. he said when the moment when you think that you're enlightened spend three days with your family and then you know <laughs> and it's all right triggering triggering of yeah. course. it's a different universe <laughs> yeah. oh, awesome this was really really nice thank you so much for sharing a piece of you with us i feel you know your world the yoga we learned a little what does it stand for um, we learned what other kind of different things that actually a teacher does within this um, world. We looked at the different elements of it. We learned what we can actually do to bring yoga to our everyday life. So I feel it was a really nice learning moment and hopefully an invitation for people to adopt some of these and open up so they can learn and, and grow more. Um, thank you so much, Edita, for being with yeah. us today. Thank you. It was so much fun. I hope to see and hear you again. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you so much for listening to our latest episode. We hope you learned as much as we did and that you took this as a gentle nudge to adopt some of Edita's practices into your work as a learning and development professional. If you want to learn more, subscribe to our newsletter or join us in the Offbeat Fellowship. Create a happy day and never stop learning.